Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's up, and welcome to another exciting edition of Bearded B-Roll. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike, just two bearded dudes here to chat about all the movies you love, hate, don't mind, or simply never heard of. Go. I'm thinking. <laughs> welcome to this week's Freaky Friday on Bearded B-Roll. This week we're going to be talking about the movie Midsummer. My name is Kyle, the other person's name is Mike, and this is... We're talking about Midsummer. All right, Midsummer, twenty nineteen. Midsummer. Um, I don't know. It's Swedish. Are you Swedish? Uh, apparently. Yeah, apparently I'm. Apparently I'm not as German and Irish as I thought, but I'm a lot more like just all of the Viking races. All right, cool. You're like the. I don't even know where I'm going with that. All right. So Midsummer, twenty nineteen, starring uh, Florence Pugh. Is that how you pronounce that? P U G H. Florence Pubes. What? No, no. Pug. Pew. Pew. It might be Pew. I don't know. All the people in this movie, except for like the main guy, looked familiar. But I think it's just because he looks like um, who's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? That guy. How are we this off topic already? I'm just saying the name of the man actor. I don't know the name of the lady actor. Are you I saying the, name the guy the... who played Christian looked kind of like Christopher Pratt? Yes. That's what I was trying to say. He looks nothing like Christopher Pratt, other than the fact that they're taller white guys. Exactly like him. And then the kid that played the Joker. Yeah, I feel like, like I've seen him. Oh, wait, no, actually, times. I do know a bunch of them because the, the, the other dude was um in The Good Place, kind of in the same role. He always plays like a scholarly person. Fair enough. I didn't watch uh, The Good Is that the one with, uh, I don't know, the girl who did the voice of the woman from Frozen? Yes. Okay. It's a good show. Basically, there's no way to get into heaven and everybody's in hell. Cool. So it's like a bureaucratic mess, sort of. Yeah, actually, yeah. So, Midsummer, uh, starring Florence Pugh. We're gonna go with that pronunciation. Sorry, Florence. And those other people. Right. We've got a lot of other people, some of whom are Swedish, and it's directed by Ari Oster. Also, not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The guy who did Heredity, Hereditary, 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 directed by Ari Oster. And Midsummer is kind of a cool movie. Uh, it's a very cool movie. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. I've seen it a few times a cult now. Movie, right? Got a lot of cult stuff cult. going on. And I it, don't know it, why you don't think it's about a cult, but it's about a cult. I'm just saying, all communities could technically be considered a cult. Well, think about like you know homeowners associations. Those are terrifying. So this movie kind of deftly walks the line between uh, being a just a strange drama and being kind of a cult horror movie at the same time. Yeah, it's somewhere between an Eli Roth movie and sad movie where people cry a lot. 
So it's like if Eli Roth directed Nomadland in Sweden. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So let's go over the basic plot. We've got a couple main characters, right? We've got Danny, played by Florence Pugh, uh, and she has a pretty shitty boyfriend named Christian. He seems all right. Really? He's like an all right guy. All right, whatever. Um, he just, he just, he's just not sure about the relationship anymore. And he's going about it in the worst possible way. By he just wasn't not there for it. her, man. Wasn't there okay. when she needed him. I mean, he was when she ended up crying a lot. She wasn't well, there for her when she was like, I'm worried about my family. And he was all like, oh my God, leave me alone. He was like, I just smoked some resin and I'm having pizza right now. I really can't talk. This is kind of important. Um, okay, so let's go back to the beginning. Basic plot. We've got Danny. She's got a crappy boyfriend named Christian. Their relationship is basically just treading water. He's out with his friends talking about, well, you should break up with her, man. You know, you don't even like her anyway. And she's at home having a personal crisis because her suicidal bipolar sister sent her a cryptic email, making her think that she was going to do something horrible to herself and or their parents. And uh, she couldn't get back in touch with her. We need to have like a pre-recorded, there's, we're spoiling the whole movie things in the beginning of these. This is your spoiler warning. It's already been spoiled, but now now you will be spoiled again. We only spoiled like the first 30 seconds. Yeah. All right. I think that's in the trailer. We've spoiled the trailer, and we're about to spoil the rest of the movie. The whole movie. Consider yourself warned. Consider what we're about to do, egg salad on a summer day sitting outside. Spoiled. And you're drinking milk in 90 degree weather. That just makes you throw up. This movie didn't make me throw up. I have no problem with body gore. It wasn't even that gory. It was just kind of creepy. Um, all right. So back to the situation. Danny has not received uh, an additional reply from her sister following the email. It said something like, I'm in a black place. I'm so tired. Mom and dad are coming with me. That's probably a yeah, paraphrase. I think That's pretty accurate. I think. Case in point, the sister um, kills herself and the parents by running a car in the garage and uh, linking a hose from the tailpipe up to the parents room and uh taping another hose into her own mouth dude that was hardcore yeah no she really committed to that i was like damn basically danny finds out about this goes into an emotional tailspin her boyfriend christian shows up kind of terrified to enter the house because he hears how hard she's like wailing and screaming but he knows you know i'm in it now i gotta get in there and he holds her which i guess was nice of him then he plans his trip to sweden Right. He plans a trip to Sweden without telling her. And it's in like, what, three weeks or something? And he's like, I don't even know if I'm going to go. We were just yeah. talking about it. And it's like, didn't you buy a ticket already? Well, yeah, but we were just talking about it. And then somehow she says to him, like, wouldn't you think it was weird if I said I was going to China for like three months and you just found out about it at a party? And he's like, no, it's Sweden and it's only for one month. And then he somehow manages to like turn that around to make it sound like he's right and actually ends up having her apologize to him for him not telling her that he's going to Sweden. So that's called gaslighting. Yeah, no, he was. I mean, you're saying he was an okay boyfriend, and I'm saying he was like a total douchebag, especially because of how he I just... was being sarcastic. Well, you know what? That didn't come across. Well, good. Sounded like you were Team Christian, and I'm I'm not. No, I'm Team whatever the the Swedish guy is that tries to get her. Wasn't his name like Pele or something like the soccer player? Yeah, Polio. No, no, no. That's the that's Team the Polio. Mm, I don't think anybody's Team Polio anymore. Well. Or ever was. Or are we counting people that had polio? Um, so, 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 nobody is happy she's going to Sweden, though, except for that guy. 
They're all being polite. No, no, no. He's into it. Right. Pele is super happy, actually. Well, the the friend Mark is, he's not even pretending to be polite. Let's also just point out that Pele is their connection to this community in Sweden. He's from that community. He's a Swedish guy, and he's bringing his friends to his hometown for the Midsummer Festival. Um, And he's really excited to have Danny go with them. But none of Christian's like American friends are even remotely interested in the prospect of her joining them. They're all just kind of pissed off. The one's just annoyed and the other one is like, I don't know, a douchebag in general. Just does not care about anything other than his own thesis. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, uh, that one, that one's the one that's just like a jerk. But the other, like, he's just like, whatever. I was talking about the Mark guy who's like, literally just like, hates her. Yeah. He's like the goofy douchebag character that you like wait to he's get killed in a horror movie. goofy though. There's nothing funny about him. It was kind of funny when he took the shrooms and freaked out about what time of day it was. Oh, yeah. Let's fast forward a little bit. Danny finds out her parents died. We're going to backtrack, then fast forward. Danny finds out her parents died, needs Christian. Christian's sort of there for her, invites her on a trip he doesn't want her to go on. They go to Sweden, drive four hours from Stockholm to some middle of nowhere place that Pele is from. I can't remember the exact name of the town. The Midsummer Festival is there. Um, it's also a weird time of year in that part of Sweden because it's like 10 o'clock at night and the sun's, the sun is still shining like it's noon. Um, and this seems to be like a thing that's like, like all around though, because they're, um, I forget the name of the one dude, the one who's like there for school purposes, who's writing his thesis on it, but he's not, it's not just that, that he's there to see, he's there to see a Midsummer's festival like there and in Germany and I, Amsterdam and like a few other countries, I think. Yeah. I guess it's worth noting that these are for the most part. Uh, anthropological PhD students who are somehow hoping to turn their experiences here into an academic work studying different communities. I made a joke about Eli Roth, but this movie is like a lot like Green Inferno. I hated Green Inferno. Don't get me started on that. But I mean, it's still there. It's in it. It's there. It's a little bit of that movie. <laughs> is that why you thought this movie had cannibalism? Yeah. <laughs> That, and I mean, there's like a lot of times where it just seemed like they were going to eat people. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't think they do, though. It's culty. Cults eat people, I think. You can't just loop all, lump, like lump all cults into one bubble. Lots of cults have different rules and different... Um, a lot of it's cannibalism. Some of them are cooler than others. Cannibalism's cool, man. His name, was, his name was Josh, the guy you're thinking of. So we've got Danny, Christian, Pele, Josh, Josh and Mark. And Mark. You'd think I would know that because they introduce them like four or five times throughout the movie. Like the whole group. Mark and Josh were just kind of there for the most part. Yeah. They were there to be bodies. So let's see. That's the basic setup for it. They end up in this uh, Swedish community and, you know, it starts off as very like warm and inviting and, you know, a little creepy. Everybody's walking around in like white robes and everything, but it's got this very like picturesque, nice kind of bucolic like landscape situation going on but none super, of the buildings have super hippie yeah in a big way clothes like, and flower bows or hair tie things and a lot of free love kind of stuff going on and a lot of buildings with like strange roofs like none of them are at 90 degree angles or in any way no like the one that looks around. like the building like is facing down i kind of liked that though i was into that one I wanted to know what the point of that was, like inside like did they need the extra sp- ceiling space is it like do you have to like walk up a hill when you get inside <laughs> but um more more things that reference the cult though is when they explain how all the children are raised by everyone that's a cult thing no i was actually watching a documentary about um jonestown you know like jim jones yeah, the other day that. they separated all the parents from the kids 
Yeah, because they didn't want them to have like an emotional attachment or like a, a particular allegiance to something higher than that of the group, which is yeah. kind of what they were going for here, I think. All right, so they're there for the Midsummer Festival. It happens once every 90 years. We're not really sure what it is, but like Kyle said earlier, this ties directly into Josh's thesis work in terms of uh, researching Midsummer Festivals throughout different places in Europe. That actually throws me off, though, the every 90 years thing, because the one thing is very specific to age, and they can't do that every 90 years. That actually kind of makes sense, though, because look at it this way. The, they talk at some point about how they view their lives in terms of seasons, right? The first zero to 18 years are the spring, then, you know, up until, what, 36 or 37 is the yeah, like summer, that. fall, winter, up until 72. It's increments of until 18. Working age, which was weird. I'm like, 30 is working age? Like, damn, you guys got it nice, at least, that <laughs> way. But um, every 90 years actually makes sense, because it's like one full life cycle plus 18 years. It still follows the 18-year increment. Yeah, but at 72, their lives are just supposed to end. So, like, does it mean everybody else's doesn't get to go out and, like, pageantry? That's no, that, why I was, like, thrown off by it. Okay, the, let's talk for a minute about atastupa, which is, like, an actual anthropological term. Um, and it's used to refer to sort of a voluntary ritualistic uh, suicide. And that's one of the things that's revealed in Midsummer. The characters once, or characters, the people, the members of the community, once they reach age 72... It's their responsibility to end their own life. And they do it in a very dramatic fashion by cutting their hands and rubbing them on some rune stones and then like, you know, plummeting to their death off of what has to at least be a hundred feet up in the air, kind of a cliff facing. What's weird is like this movie like feeds into people like us that just sit and guess things that are going to happen by like literally just telling you it's going to happen before it happens, but not telling you. That's true. There's a lot of like hints to things, but if you don't know what out to That exact means, thing. Well, no, I didn't even need to know. Because there was like the thing, the tapestry of it. Then he said the thing about the age and like the people killing themselves. And then they like went to this ritual with the old people. And I'm like, oh, I know what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Nobody else seemed to know. It. Actually, that's the fucked up thing about that too. Christian, Josh, I don't know about Mark, but Christian and Josh are both anthropological students, right? They immediately like perked their ears up when they heard Atastupa. They knew exactly what was going to happen. And Christian, being the great boyfriend that he is, still brought Danny there, who just lost both of her parents. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if he knew because he kept asking Christian or Josh, and Josh was like, "I know what's going to happen," but he wouldn't say anything. Well, can we say that aside from being a terrible boyfriend, Christian is also apparently the worst anthropological PhD student in modern history. Yeah, if he just has like no idea what's happening. Also, when he was like questioning them, he was asking questions that I was like, "I don't know if you should just ask people that." Yeah, it was kind of like going Which I guess we'll have academic. to talk to, about that at some point, too. Um, well, I mean, the thesis is the main part. So, like, him, he decides after watching the, the I don't know how to say it. Altistupa? Altistupa thing, that he wants to write his thesis on it. He decides to write that in there, even though he knows that's why they're there for his friend. He's like, all right, now I want to write this. He copies Josh's entire work in this location. He's like, hey, by the way, yeah. bro, is it cool if I do the same thing you were going to do? But he doesn't even say it in those words and he just kind of he says it like it was his own idea it's He's like hey let's work together on this now yeah we can i'm open to collaborating if you want so you're just going to steal my idea and now you're open to like talking about it with me it yeah, was it was very strange so he's not only a terrible boyfriend he's also just a terrible student and a terrible classmate and a terrible friend in general he's just a bad person he can't do anything right he just sucks in like kind of every facet of his existence and he always does it in a passive aggressive kind of like shady way. It's actually weird that he never like 
fully bros out and kind of like challenges anybody physically because like nobody actually threw like a punch in this entire movie well he was kind of like a bitch it seemed like his whole thing his whole demeanor was he was like too afraid to actually like break up with her like follow through with that like it was like not like it was cowardice it wasn't like a like a sense of like oh i i'd feel bad about it it was like literally just he didn't have the balls to end the relationship he didn't care about her feelings it was literally just his own yeah and he was he even said like well what if i made a mistake and i want her back later so it was like better to have this thing that i don't really care about than to have nothing i guess but like i don't know it was very like her feelings aren't like anything that he cared about they bothered him that's what it was like her her problems were a problem for him you know and like i was actually re-watching this the other day and it kind of made me think of something we're talking a lot about how danny's got a lot of problems going on and christian's just not there for her but i was actually kind of thinking about how danny was an asshole first in some respect and not to christian but like to her sister because yeah. she's get she's getting these emails from her sister she knows her sister is like terribly mentally ill at one point she's talking to a female friend that like never gets identified on the phone about how her sister wrote her another bullshit email and her sister's always got problems and all that but like she wasn't there for her sister the way she needed to be and like that's kind of why her parents ended up dead in the first place so you think that's like just a full circle thing like she's selfish also and doesn't know how to be there for someone else and then like at the same time she's asking for that exact thing yeah, but like she doesn't know it well enough to know when it's not being presented the way it should almost like because he's doing it the way she might do it. Yeah, like it's like that fake like I'll put a bandaid on it, but like I don't want to be here. Yeah, so I mean he's, I don't know, I feel like he's a little more at fault in this situation because she's, she's like extremely emotionally fragile from having just lost like her entire family. But at the same time though, it seems like her sister like does this a lot. So it's not like so much that she's like a dick, it's that she's been burned by it before in the past, which I get that. Apparently her sister meant it though, like that time. But like, there's like a, a a point where like people constantly say they're gonna do something for attention, and then if they do it, you're you know you didn't see it coming still. Yeah, I, I'm not saying she should have so like babysat her, but I don't know. I don't think you're right with that one. 100 percent that assessment. Like she had her she had her own selfish like issues, but I don't think that was necessarily one of them because at the same time he was telling her to let it go because of that but she was like struggling the whole time already like she didn't really let it go she just sat at her computer the whole time until until she found out yeah and you know they're never really clear on the geography of it either we don't know how far away she's nowhere nearby then what is she gonna do she can only call people no you can call the police or fire department if you like you she could even lie about it she could say like hey i think my mom fell down in the bathtub or something can you please go check it out and they would have sent somebody over to to get inside yeah, I wonder what actually called, but how the cops got there. Like, if she called or, because maybe, that's like, someone smelled gas. Or maybe a neighbor heard the um, the car running in the garage or something. Because that's not explained. It's not explained how the rest of that goes down. But yeah. she knows pretty much immediately. So, like, at the same time, I think maybe she did call the cops. It's possible. It's weird that she got a call from an unknown number, though. I feel like that was a little strange. Because even if the police called you, it still should have showed up with a number. There's a lot in the beginning that's not explained, like, correctly. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, suspension of disbelief, they don't really need to tell us to, to advance the story. I didn't even think to question this until you started bringing up, like, the, the quality of her character. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, who knows what actually happened there? Like, you can't say she was a bad person because we don't know how any of that went down. It went from her being worried, calling her boyfriend to find out what to do, him telling her to leave it alone, to her crying. Like, that's it. Basically, I mean, I guess it's less important who she was, because I think one of the main points of this movie was to kind of show the... What was becoming of her, like her psychological break in there. 
Exactly. And how, like, a lot of people see cults and they're like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. How could you get roped into something like that? That doesn't even make any sense. But in this one, we kind of get like a real-time view of how somebody can feel accepted in a community that by most standards would be considered freaky, you know, and feel like totally at home and at peace there. Um, and we see her like slowly and slowly break into that. Granted, she doesn't see all the horrible stuff we see, but the sides of it she does see are a little more pleasant. I don't know. When she does see it, though, she accepts it like in the end, not the first time she sees it. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about... Um, we already talked about Atastupa, which is one of the major rituals of this, which again, I don't think is part of the specifically the midsummer thing. I think every time somebody turns 72, they just have a big dinner and get ready to do the Atastupa. Okay. So you just think that that was just like a separate part of it. That was just like, oh, this is good timing for this also. Yeah. I think because that was just two people that came of age at the same time. I feel like that was just like a, an added bonus to the event. I don't think that's what happens every 90 years. Birthdays came up a lot because the one dude, every time he talked about someone, it was like, she was born the same day as me, and this is my best friend since I was a baby. Pele, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, and he was raised by the village. And, you know, he actually references that his parents died in a fire, which I was a little unclear on, because if it was the Midsummer Festival, his parents wouldn't have died 90 years ago. I don't think they died in that. I think maybe that's what brought him to the cult. I think that's what he was trying to, like, bring her into it for. Because he wasn't, she wasn't a part of his original plan. So I think he saw her as like another broken person and was like i'm gonna bring you into this with me now and that's why he was excited to bring her mm -hmm. somebody who would be like open and willing to accept like a new reality yeah all right so let's talk a little bit more about the atastupa what happened so there's two old people and they're old and they have a dinner and apparently everybody is super well timed with everything because everything happens when these people sit down, pick up their fork and eat and then stand up because everybody reacts in real time without seeing them do it, which was, that <laughs> threw me off. That was yeah, weird. That was a little weird. Because they sit at these weird shape, rune shaped tables. Yeah, they formed some kind of, it's never explained to us what shape it is, but they're obviously meant yeah. to be some kind of like archaic letter. Yeah. Well, runes are another thing that they use a lot in this. So I think it's like kind of like a druidish cult. Actually, it's the elder, the elder Futark. I don't know what that means. I don't know. The guy at one point points to one of the rooms and he's like, is this the medieval Futark? And the guy's like, no, no, it's the elder Futark. And then Josh looks like he wants to kill himself because he was wrong. <laughs> um. So anyway, so then they, they go to this, I guess, like sacred cliff face. It's all white. Like it looks like it's like salt or whatever. Yeah, it was actually really cool looking. And they cut their hands, just like early in the movie, you see a fabric of people doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, like shortly before this. I mean, actually, I think you see the bear. My favorite one has got to be the lady cutting her pubes and then bleeding into a cup. That was pretty sweet. That was my favorite tapestry. Backtrack on that. There's a younger redheaded girl who just came of age to have sex or something. Pele describes it a certain way. She's obviously not legal by like United States standards. No, the whole time I'm like, she's like 12. I think she I think she just got her period. I think that's what that meant. Yeah, right. She had just gotten her period and she becomes obsessed with Christian. And they actually show a tapestry of somebody making a love potion from their menstrual blood and some pubic hair. And then it's like placed in Christian's cup right before the old person meal, actually. And nobody says a single thing about how his cup is like three shades darker than everyone else's cup. Like they all have Did you did you the moment you saw it notice that I go, why is this different? Yeah, why does he have grapefruit juice while they have lemonade? Yeah, why is his different? And like it took me like a little bit, and I'm like, oh, gross. <laughs> because the idea being that if he drinks that, he will become uh, enamored with her and want to make the babies. Yeah, 
period, blood juice, and pie. So back to the Atastupa. We've got these two old people. They're on top of this giant white cliff face, which was pretty cool looking. Uh, they cut their hands and they rub their hands ceremonially on the front of like a room-covered rock. And um, then they take turns. And then they make the most badass crowd surf dive mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, they jump. And the first one, the woman lands perfectly. She goes head first. Her face pretty much... Straight belly flop explodes Mm -hmm. her face. Her face explodes. And it's actually really good special effects. You can see a lot of like bone fragments and shit sticking out of her face. Then we've got um, Captain Awesome going next. And this guy just does not know how to kill himself. No, it looked weird though, because it looked like he landed on his neck, which I was like, okay, that would kill somebody. But then like, apparently not. If I'm going to jump off of something that's over 100 feet on the air, I'm not going to go feet first. I thought he went face first. That's what it looked like. I didn't realize he went feet first. Yeah, he goes feet first and he just his legs like explode upon impact. Like if he didn't die from that, they would definitely have to be amputated. Oh man, and all the pressure of everything being shoved up into his head, that was a good special effect. Yeah, where his face was all red and his eyes were like all like the 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 blood vessels burst. But yo, before that even happened, they're in the crowd and they're walking there. And I'm like, what's the dude with the hammer for? <laughs> what's the hammer for? Like, there's so many, like, they do stuff in such a way where it's like every weird thing that's going to happen, it's super noticeable, but like, it's not explained until it happens. So I was like, when I saw him screw up, I was like, oh, that's what the hammer's for. Yeah, there's enough there to like give you a sense of unease without it being like really spelled out. So let's go back to that. This genius jumped off the rock feet first exploded his legs on impact and then lays there twitching because guess what he he didn't die yet and like moaning in pain then this dude pops out of the crowd and he's got this like six foot long oh wait 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 wait, no 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 because you 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 missed the part about like how they're like they have this weird connection of empathy go ahead so i thought that they were doing this whole moaning thing as like a ah he fucked it up and like they were all sad that he screwed it up because i was like clearly his ritual is super important to them and he just ruined it and botched it clearly not they brought a hammer for a reason but like because he's moaning and crying in pain they all start moaning and crying in pain and it's this like super insane moment and meanwhile all the uh the american people are like freaking out grabbing their head like what's going on and then that british dude's like what the fuck except josh he's like sitting there taking notes on a post-it yeah well he knew it was coming Mm mm-hmm so the dude with the hammer walks over to the old guy, takes a big swing, and kills him by crushing his head with a giant wooden sledgehammer. The crowd immediately stops their moaning. He didn't crush it. He just killed him. The next person, that chick's the one that flattened it. All right, yeah, you got to flatten it. <laughs> and then there's flattened. a third one. While we were watching this, Amanda's like, why are they still going? He's dead. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just part of the ritual. You screw it up. These people all have to smash your face. Doesn't matter when it, which one kills you. It wasn't flat enough. Yeah, the, the the third person that hit it, it bounced. That was actually a great, like the girl, the lady, she bounced when she jumped. I'm like, man, they really put a lot into this uh, this suicide jump. You got to get your full like momentum in there, you know? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, like, no, no, no. I mean, like, she bounced when she hit the ground. Like, it wasn't just like a, and she's flat. Like, she bounced. I mean, I think gravity That's did how most she of the work. Face up. I know. I'm just saying. She bounced. <laughs> she bounced like a bouncy ball off that rock. But she died instantly. She did it much better yeah. than the other guy. The other guy, I don't know what, why why you would want to go feet first. I don't know. Maybe he was just like, this is high enough. My feet can't catch me now. Nobody did like a cartwheel or anything. That would have been cool. They were old. 
Old people can Never do cowboys. Sum- I don't know, man. I don't think I've ever seen a 17-year-old, 72-year-old person do a somersault. I don't know. I saw like a 90-year-old woman doing yoga once. That's stretching. She put her leg behind That's her head. slow. I'm going mean, to Google like old all right, people All right, all right. No, no, no. All right. So old people, old, old people suicide. <laughs> Super. Everybody. Um, I actually was confused because like I didn't expect that lady to come over and be like, hey, hey, shut up. This is what they wanted. Let me explain. Like I didn't expect there to be an explanation when the, I guess she's like the chief or like, I don't know. She's like kind of the leader for some reason. The woman reading from the, uh, the book. Right? Yeah. Which when you look at the book, you realize it's just scribbles. It's literally just scribbles. But we, can scribble the, on it. we can get to the uh, ideology of the book in a minute, but um, yeah, she comes over, right? And she gives them this explanation saying, Hey, look, they weren't forced into this. This is the life they chose. This is the same thing I'm going to do when I'm that age. Yeah. I was not expecting an explanation. If anything, I thought they were just going to murder those people right there for freaking out. Don't you remember the conversation they had like in the beginning where Pele was first describing their basic like life cycle to Danny and the rest of the group? He was like, yeah, you know, and from till 18, we have this and blah, blah, blah. No, I do. Like, that's why like you knew right away. Yeah. And they're like, what happens? And he like does like the hand across the throat thing. And they think he says it like it's a joke. And they're like, oh, <laughs> but he was just giving them like a completely accurate and honest Very description. Serious. Which is, I, I don't know, it's a movie that, like, when you rewatch it, definitely stands out more to you in, like, other ways. Yeah. Because you don't have that, you have that sense of, like, foreboding the first time you watch it, but you're also just not really sure what to expect. The second time you're watching, you're like, oh, man, he just straight up said they were going to die. Told them exactly, and he laughed, too. I don't know, I took, I took all the subtle hints, like, pretty serious, because it's not long after you see any of this stuff before it happens. That's true. I mean, the movie, it has these like tapestry pictures that basically kind of broadcast what's going to be. Yeah. Like, you know exactly what's going to happen. Even the the one in the very beginning has like the sister with the the hose taped to her mouth and like a, like a skull in the sky with like snow falling. And it's exactly what happened to the parents. I missed that one. It's in like the very first, very first tapestry full left side. And it's like the sister has a hose in her mouth and there's like other hoses branching out from her and there's a skull and snow falling, just like it was snowing at the parents' house when the sister killed them. It's pretty cool. All right, damn. I'm going to have to rewatch that part. But no, like, I think the only one that's like super, super early that doesn't happen right away is the bear. Because you see that pretty early on. They bring up the bear pretty early because there's a bear in a cage. And I think it was Mark says, are we not going to talk about the bear? And they don't. We'll talk about the bear later. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk more about Christian's balls. They are round. He's got a good sized penis, I guess. Oh, wait, that's, that's later in the movie. Why do you want to talk about that now? I thought we were going to talk about Christian's balls now. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Like his actual dick or like how he has none? We're not going to describe it. Um, I am so confused. You're like, we're going to talk about his balls. And I'm like, we do see his balls. All right. So I was going to talk about the, the sex circle, but if you want to move on to a different topic, let me know. Oh, no. I mean, that aren't you jumping ahead a little bit? There's like a lot that happens in between that. All right. Yeah. Let's move on from. Because from that's that. this is when this is right after this is when he decides he's going to be doing his thesis on this, too. And they all have to ask Pele if it's OK, who originally just says no. And then says, yeah. Well, Pele originally says, like, hey, we can't, the elders aren't going to allow us to have anything specific written about this place. And then at some point he changes his tune and he's like, yeah. But you guys have to work together. And Josh is like, fucking awesome. And then that's when, like, well, he's like, fuck you, but also awesome. 
that's like when some of my favorite questioning comes up. This is when Christian's talking to like one of the elders and he's like, so you guys got a problem with inbreeding? And I'm like, there's not a lot of tact to that question at all. Yeah, you're just asking them if they fuck each other, sisters. That's and actually a fair question. There, that guy's like, no, we don't do that. We stay safe. And then in the same time, Josh is in talking to the guy about their little sacred book thing. And he's like, actually, inbreeding's how we make our profits. So yeah, they intentionally inbreed to create profits that can then like add to their book of religious rules or rules. You want to call it, um, but like, let, I don't think Christian's the question. Kid, actually, like, it's weird that that's even in there because he has next to no role in the movie aside from like a few brief moments where they're like, "That's that guy," but that's he doesn't true. actually play any role. And like, all of these are like long-standing traditions, so it's like. And even when he's writing in the book, it's like basically finger painting. So I don't know what they're like divining from that. Well, they said that they draw the pictures and then from that they determine what it means. So essentially, it's just like a like a Manchurian candidate. They just stand there. They do it. It keeps everybody in line. And then they just decide what they want things to be. That sounds about right. I want to go back to Christian's inbreeding question for a second. Not as tactless as it might seem. I mean, think about it. All these people are, you know, breeding with each other. A lot of them are related. I think it's the way he asked, but they, it's also obvious that they bring in outsiders, though. That's the thing. You know about the app in Iceland, right? No. Because Iceland is traditionally a very, like, closed-off community. It's technically part of, like, Europe, but it's an island, you know? So it's not, there's not a lot of, like, mingling unless people specifically travel there. And a lot of people in Iceland are related. They actually have apps that people can use to check and see if they're related to people so that when they meet someone at a bar, they don't end up fucking their cousin. Oh, my God. I'm not joking. That's dead serious. I guess that is an actual thing. Okay, then. All right. I guess it makes more sense. Me not knowing that. So it's just like, why? So it's like, hey, you're pretty cute. Let me just check my phone to make sure we're not blood related. <laughs> All good. Like, let's let's do the thing. Better safe than sorry, though, right? Probably not the most like erotic of foreplays, but I feel like it's better to, to know than not know. You're real hot. What's your grandma's name? I mean, isn't that how any good conversation starts? All right, so what happens after... So we learn about the book written by the inbred albino character, which also pisses me off. Have you ever noticed there's never like a normal albino character in a movie? They always use an albino character when they want somebody that's like scary or like something's wrong with them. There's never just like a normal albino character like getting a coffee or something. What about the Matrix? They're superheroes. I mean like the twins with the blonde dreadlocks? Yeah, 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 the supervillains. Right, like I said. There's never, they always use albinos when they want to have a villain, a character that's got something wrong with them, or just like to make something weird. Like there's never just like a normal character standing in the background who happens to be albino. It's always like somehow stigmatized, which is kind of like exactly what happens in this movie. Even though they put them in a position of power, it's not really a position of power. But I guess they have fun finger painting. I don't really know what to do with that. I don't know. It's kind of weird. All right. So what happens after the Atastupa? What is, Danny wants to leave, right? She's like, I don't know why I'm here. I'm done with this place. There's a lot of freaky, freaky shit going on and I'm uncomfortable. So Pelly convinces her to stay. And he says his own thing about how he was orphaned. His parents died in a fire and it was the community. She's really not into that because honestly, if your family just kills themselves, kind of the last thing you want to hear is, no, no, I understand. Mine did that too. It's just one of those things that doesn't sound great as it's being said. Well, her family didn't kill itself. not into it. Well, I mean, sort of. The sister killed herself and murdered the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. murder suicide, and his family died in just the fire. Which I don't know, based off like like the whole cult thing. Like I was like, was it murder? 
I mean, we don't know. It might have been like they didn't want to go along with a certain rule or something. Maybe they, I don't know. There's yeah. any number. Of, it's very like suspicious, but it's like intentionally vague. Um, yeah. oh, we forgot to talk about um, Simon and Connie. What about Simon and Connie? S- Simon and Connie are the two characters. Oh, the British that, people. Yeah, yeah. that um, Pele's brother, and I'm putting that in air quotes because I don't know if they're. No, actually... he just said they were friends because he said this is my brother. He calls everybody his brother and sister because oh, yeah. it's cool. And right. then, but he said he that's the one where he goes, "Yeah, we've been friends since babies." Or he says it weird because it's like broken English the way he says it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the other guy brought them there. But he only brought two, so he did a less good job at bringing people to the party. Which is funny because they they mentioned that another guy did it, but like I did not. Those those are the only two outsiders that they introduced besides the main uh, four characters. Maybe they didn't make the cut. Maybe no, because they did. Because at the end, of, this is like the end going to the end of the movie, so that's why I didn't want really like fully get into that. But like at the end, there's two people that volunteer to get sacrificed, and it's because they brought sacrifices, mm. but. It's not Pele. So the other's another guy there that did, and they just... Well, one of those guys the, is the one that brought Connie and Simon. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. And then the other guy, they don't. They never say what other outsiders came. Because literally, that's the only reason for the outsiders to be there. So Simon and Connie are the British couple, or at least one of them is British, and they specifically, very, very vehemently, did not enjoy the Atastupa. They thought it was wrong. No. They wanted to leave. They were like really Are they offended. not both British? I thought they were, but their accents were just really weak. I think, yeah. I mean, I remember Simon's voice being like significantly British. Connie might have only sounded sort of British. But his even his even faded out in part of the movie later. It wasn't that it wasn't the whole time. I don't think they were played by British actors. But like, this is where shit starts to get really weird, right? Because remember, um, Connie's walking around, like looking around for Simon. She's like, "Hey, I can't find him. He's not." Yeah, they demand to leave, and then out of nowhere, they're like, "Oh, well, well, Simon took the truck to the bus." Only two people can fit. And she's like, that's fucked up. Why would he leave? I'm pregnant. Why would he leave without saying anything to me? I'm like, you know, we're, we're in love with each other. And they're like, no, no, it's okay. Only one person fit in the truck. We'll, we'll take you to him. You can actually, their introduction, their introduction was actually pretty good. Cause like, I don't remember that guy's name. His name was even more Swedish, but he was like, <laughs> yeah, I met her and me and her were actually dating when I introduced her to Simon. And she's like, we went on one date and decided to be friends. And he was like, yeah, we're friends. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, he brought her because he hates them. I'm going to bring her because she spurned my love, and now I'm going to get revenge. <laughs> Fuck your baby. I wonder if the baby counts as a sacrifice. You mean like a, like a twofer? Yeah. I don't know. They really only bring up the baby one time. They're like, she's pregnant. And then it's like, she was pregnant. It's always interesting when they kill a pregnant character in the movies. You know, like there was a Friday the 13th movie where a girl was pregnant. That did not stop Jason from... I think he harpooned her while she was on a hammock. I watched the terrible movie about a pregnant lady that got murdered. But I watched it all the way through. I watched um, the Hilary Duff movie where she plays Sharon Tate. It's like Sharon Tate had all these premonitions before she got killed by the Mansons. I never heard of that Hilary Duff movie. Doesn't sound good. Don't watch it. Um, All right, But anyway. You hear that? (laughs) Don't watch that. Not good. Sounds like a movie on Amazon. Oh God, is that where you watched it? Yeah. There should be disclaimers. Yeah, I heard about it before. I think I watched a couple of like Charlie Manson movies and that one. I was like, no, I'm going to watch this ghost one. I'm like, I hate this ghost one. But uh, all right. So he goes missing. Yes. And she's looking for him. And everybody's like, well, that seems weird that he would just leave without her. Right. 
And then everybody just keeps reassuring them that that's completely normal. And and they take Connie away. They're like, oh, we'll take you to him. And she goes. And that's kind of like, like... Let's not forget the fact that everybody is kind of always high in this movie. Right. And like, I think the best part is is when we get to the part that you actually want it to. When they're like, drink this. It's going to make you soon... It's going to make you easier to do what we want you to do. You mean when they... Essentially is what she says, yeah. Before the Maypole thing? Yeah. Well, I think we're skipping ahead because let's... Yeah, we'll go back. But yeah, like everybody's constantly high on mushrooms in this movie. Well, yeah. Let's talk about Mark. Mark. Mark is the douchey character, the fool, basically. That's how he's presented in some of the tapestries they show in the very beginning. So he's a pretty typical... um, american tourist in europe type character except Mm -hmm. like his trope is there but none of anything else is there for that like it's oh i just came here to to party and have sex with european women but like he's not like that guy yeah like he's not the guy that's normally in a movie that that's his role and like immediately it backfires on him when finally someone's like hey what's up because this is like shortly after the other two go disappearing, right? Like he's the next one. Well, first he pees on the tree. <gasps> That's right. Sorry. I, I jumped too far ahead. He peed on their super sacred tree. There's a super sacred tree uh, that Mark thought was a toilet. And it actually turned Which out to weird. be. <laughs> and also they add that they add that again. Like I, this is like an American stereotype that I've heard before where like in Europe, Americans just kind of pee on everything. And I was like, where did this come from? Because right, I think not... they mentioned in like the movie Euro Trip, did you do this when you were in Europe? You have to. You just walk around peeing on it sacred de- monuments. No, okay. Look, it depends. Like you go to China, right? And there's people like I once walked by this guy. I don't even know how he was aiming. I guess he just had a really straight penis. But he was standing on the sidewalk, peeing on like some grass while smoking a cigarette and talking on a cell phone. And this was an American guy. No, no this was a Chinese guy. That's see, that's different. The, the suggestion in Europe is that it's just American backpackers that just no, it's decide drunk. they're going to pee on everything. Because no, that's the thing. If you're walking around London, there's like nowhere that has a bathroom. The bathroom at the Burger King is locked. You have to like buy something and talk to the person at the counter. There's like no bathrooms. So the easiest place to pee is on like a newspaper, you know, like vending machine or like so a garbage can. You're pro feed in this stereotype. Okay. okay. There, no, you know what? There are, it's not even just an American problem. I went to, I was uh, at a British like, college and there were signs all over the bathroom about how you would get in trouble if you peed outside <laughs> how they would like walk you around and make you clean it up or something you had to like do like community service of like scrubbing the pee oh, off the no. sidewalks so it's like a known issue so america might be like the redheaded stepchild but europe is just everyone's bathroom yeah that may that might be one way to look at it <laughs> all right um all right. Anyway, so yeah, I heard that stereotype. They played into it into this. I thought maybe it wasn't real, and then you just verified that apparently that's a thing. It really happens. I just saw it in like movies where people went on vacation because I think it gets mentioned in National Lampoon's Vacation too, doesn't it? At one point when they're in Europe, is that the one with Hawkeye? I don't know. It's more Chevy Chase. Oh, the European Vacation one where they lose the sex tape at the beginning. I don't remember yeah. that much about that movie to be perfectly honest. I, don't know, I just feel like every movie where I watch Americans go to Europe, it's there's a part where they complain about them peeing on everything. But I guess that's real. I guess that's real. Something I didn't think would happen in real life, but I guess it does. So Mark. He's on their sacred tree. Their super sacred tree. Why is it sacred? Because that's where they put all the dead people's ashes. Right. All their ancestors. Oh, this is the ancestors. Amanda was not ready for 
any of this. She watched them kill themselves. She was like, ah, it's so messed up. Like, it's a ritual. And she's like, why are they putting them on the fire? And I'm like, clearly they're burning them. That's a pretty Viking ritual. Mm-hmm. And then they pull up ashes and they're feeding it to the tree. And I'm like, okay, this is, this makes sense. So Mark pees on all of their ancestors and attracts the ire of one guy in particular who just really hates Mark and wants to like pull him apart physically. My favorite part is, is he going to kill me? It's like, you just peed on all their dead people. (laughs) And every time someone tries to explain this to you, you just go, but it's just a tree. He had no, no feelings about how, what he just did as being wrong or understanding. He was more just like, why wasn't there a sign? It's like, cause everybody here knows that. Don't be on this tree. This is the not good pea tree. Like just cause a bus station doesn't have a sign that says no masturbating doesn't mean it's cool. It's just like one of those things. This is how stupid signs get put on things like don't put wet out on your face it may cause irritation. That's true. Like the signs on the subways in like China. And I, I, I've seen in Thailand and in pictures how there's like specifically signs that say no durian, you know, like the big spiky fruit that smells like dead things. <laughs> yeah. I guess there was like one guy who decided to eat it on the train and like ruined it for everybody else. All right. So, and you were talking a little bit about how Mark was the guy who wanted to go to Europe to bang European chicks, even though he totally does not fit that like demographic yeah, he's, visually. He's not like that bro guy. He's just like this weird nerdy guy. You'd expect more to be more in line with the rest of the geeky characters. And you would expect Christian to be right more, more that guy, honestly, like just being like a really dirtbag boyfriend disappearing with like random women. But that's not really what happens by his choice. So Mark, after dinner that night, gets lured away by the uh, woman who was like making eyes at him. And, um, you know, no one ever sees him again. I mean, that's not true. Josh sees him pretty later. Sort and of. How, how, when and how does Josh see him? So, so Josh asks, uh, while he's, he's doing his interview with like the elder guy that he's talking to, who's showing him the sacred book, if he could take pictures. And that guy's like, fuck no. Uh, and also we have like a hundred of these. This isn't, this is just new. This is the 2019 one. And he's like, Oh, well that's fucked up. So later he sneaks out. And the one thing this movie does is it really does give away things, but it does it in a, like a way that doesn't suck actually. Cause like, it just shows him go to bed with his shoes on. And it's like, well, obviously he's going to go take pictures of that. So when he's in there and he's taking pictures, he's just clicking them away. Mark comes in. He's like, what are you doing in here? Close the door. They're going to see. And then he gets Molly womped with a hammer in the back of the head. And it turns out that's just the dude wearing Mark, which yeah. is, that was awesome. Which brings us to the point of Mark being the fool. And when they first get to the community, there's a bunch of kids playing a game. And one of the people says, hey, what the hell are they playing? And Pele says, oh, that's okay. They're just playing a game called Skin the Fool. It's just practice, I guess. Yeah, another one of those foreboding moments. So at this point... We've lost Mark. We've lost Josh. We've lost Simon. So actually, what's really funny, though, is with that is like later on in the movie, you see um, like Josh's leg poking out of the ground. I'm like, oh, they're planting them. And like, I was like, that makes sense. It makes the soil fertile. And this is like a fertile ceremony thing. And no, I was like, they just put his leg in the ground for some reason. This never really explained why his leg is there when they use his body later. I actually had a problem with that, and I don't know if they took it out and put it back, but like he was the only. It was like a cut thing that they just didn't do that to. Well, I mean, he he's the only black character in the movie, so like you can very recognize you can you can tell it's a black foot. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that one's obvious. That's sticking out of the ground. So it's obviously Josh's, but then later when Josh is like being placed in that room with the other people, he has both of his feet. 
So what do they do? Like Does dig it? it? Yeah, because I've I've like specifically looked for that. He has both of his feet, so I don't know if they dug it up or if that's supposed they to be buried like- him and then dug him up. That's weird. Yeah, like that's weird. So yeah, I thought they were like planting them because this was like this whole fertility thing, like to grow more outsiders. No, they grow like the help the plants grow. I don't know, like a weird culty sacrifice thing for the plants. I don't Composting. know. Yeah, and like that made sense because like then to bring it back just a little bit, the the British dude, I forgot his name. You said his Simon? name. Simon. He's all like blood eagled in the chicken coop, feeding the chickens, which was great because they also imply that he's still alive. No, I looked that up. That was actually like a, a medieval kind of torture thing. So they yeah, would. It's a blood eagle. Yeah. So they tied him up, cut his back open, I'm assuming disconnected his rib cage, and pulled his lungs out because they so basically like wings. looked like wings. Uh, but the problem there is it's a very slow death because when you're breathing, you use your diaphragm to pull air into your lungs. But with the lungs suspended outside of the body like that, they can't use the power of the diaphragm to pull air. So they're only getting like a little bit of air at a time till they eventually empty out. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that part of it. I only knew my limited knowledge of what it was from the uh, the TV show Vikings. Doesn't make it like less horrifying. You know what I mean? Like it's no, it doesn't. So like I was so confused if he was still alive because we're like he's breathing, but then at the same time, like throughout the movie, like things are pulsing all over the place. That's true. Sometimes it's like mushroom trip hallucinations, but I mean, like it looks like the lungs pulse a little bit, and I don't think Christian was looking at him at that moment. So let's go back to Christian. That was like a jump back, but also a jump forward because this happens after after the the thing thing. that you've been dying to get to. So we'll talk about that. You said this was like your ideal lifestyle. So let's okay. It is. I mean, it's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, and I'm gonna make it happen. Amanda wouldn't (laughs) let me do any like Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. So this is this is my new goal. I didn't see Fifty Shades of Grey. It sounded kind of boring. It sounded like one of those things for people who like don't actually know about like. Oh, it totally is. The BDSM community was really upset by it because it doesn't portray it the right way. So yeah. So she, Danny, goes off and does the. The special dance ritual to become the May Queen. Right, the Maypole dancing sequence where she takes some kind of little teacup that maybe has hallucinogens in it. Definitely is, it's no, it's definitely mushroom tea. Everything is mushroom tea in this. <laughs> Everything they drink has mushrooms in it. That's my assumption. So she goes out and she's doing that and she's like tripping and she's like somewhere between scared and having an amazing time. <laughs> and then she accidentally wins. But while she is doing that, Christian's on like this super bad trip because they gave him a tea and they said, drink this. And he was like, I don't want this. And they're like, drink this so that you're suggestible and easier to control. And he was like, I don't know what that means. And drank it anyway. He was high off mushrooms. And then they gave him this other one. But I just loved the fact that they told him exactly why. They're like, to make you do what we want you to do. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So after she wins and she's going to like her special dinner thing, he's like pulled off in a way. Well, I guess he does the dinner thing too. No, well, at some point the no, no, it's during the maid the maypole dance, right? The little redheaded. No, she goes off to get the flower dress thing made. I think that's when this happens. Oh, like now she's being. It's like the the weird ritual where she's like bringing around a cart of something and she buries raw meat in the earth remember that yeah 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 yeah. that's when that was that's when he gets pulled away so she's off with like her little special posse now of like new best friends because she's the may queen he gets pulled off by like the blonde lady and like drug into this room and they're like this is what's gonna happen right she like inner she sex interviews him yeah and uh then they take him to another room and he's like what's going on and they're like take your shirt off and he's like why <laughs> And like just random people just start undressing him and he has no idea what's going on and is clearly very upset. 
Christian essentially, he essentially gets raped. Yeah. I don't even think essentially, I think that's definitely what happened. I mean, there was like a moment of consent in there, but I think it was implied that he didn't really have a choice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even go very well for him throughout that process anyway, where it requires an old lady to push his butt. Yeah, well, because let's be clear on this. He is having sex with the redheaded girl who earlier put menstrual blood and pubes in his in his drink in an effort to seduce him. Who was clearly underage, laying on a bed of flowers, waiting and for him. Surrounded, surrounded by, by old naked ladies. Naked women. And then they sat moaning and playing with their boobs, and I was into it. Well, that was part of the uh, shared community experience, right? She was experiencing pleasure. They were all like mimicking that sound and that feeling and that, you know, trying to feel it. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm into this life. This sounds like something I would do. I'd be into that. Even the part when she grabs his butt and starts pushing his hips in because he's not. The only part I'm not into enough. is the shrooms. I'm not really into like drugs, so I'd have to be sober. I don't understand really the point of drugs, but um, yeah. So that was the part that had me laughing out loud when he doesn't come fast enough. So the woman comes behind him and starts pushing and just helping him. And, then and he's like. He is miserable like this whole time. Like his face is not having a good time. No. I think there's like moments of it throughout like the trip. Like, but the, just the same way that Danny had like moments of like what the fuck's happening during this dance thing, but then like immediately goes back to smiling. He was kind of like doing the same thing, but it was a lot more on the side of I don't know what's happening and I don't want to be here. And then when he finishes, when he has, you know, gone to completion, he has, he looks up. With this, like, where the fuck am I face? And he has this moment of clarity and, like, horror. There's something that happens even worse before that even happens. Where Danny comes back and she's like, what's going in that room? Um... A lot of weird noises happening in there. And the lady's like, you don't want to go in there. And she's like, yeah, dude. She's like, all right, you go go in there. <laughs> and she sees the ritual happening that's happening inside. And that, that's, that's pivotal to, like, the end of the movie. And it's also mm-hmm. kind of fucked up. Because it's kind of a setup. Yeah, they they like knew what they were doing when they had her, you know, see him do that. That wasn't like yeah, yeah. There was no there was no real resistance. That you don't want to do that. Yeah, you do. And then so she goes off on her own thing. Christian freaks out, runs out of the room, just bare ass naked. This is a part where I understand that you don't stare at penises enough or something. I don't know what's wrong with me. Ever since life drawing classes and stuff, where I had to draw them a lot, I'm fine with it. He definitely had like virginal blood on his penis or like period blood or something because she was on her period. Maybe that so, was his blood. Maybe they were just blood. pushing him too hard. There was blood on his wiener. It was covered in blood when he was done. I do notice the penises. I noticed Kevin Bacon's penis in Wild Things and they only showed that for like a split second. That was probably a stunt dick. This was definitely his dick because he was full frontal naked. Rewatch Wild Things. He turns around in the shower and his dick sort of slaps the wall. It happened. <laughs> Gotta do that now. But no, he, it was definitely, I think it was, it was definitely implied that she was either A, a virgin or B, because she was on her period, but like definitely got her pregnant because that was the implication there that it was like guaranteed when she started rocking around or whatever. But after he runs out of the room is when he finds Simon hanging with his uh, lungs suspended and some dude pops out and blows like weird powder in Christian's face. Christian passes out and, um, wakes up paralyzed. Did they bury him? No, this is when we get to meet the bear, bro. No, because like before that, it seemed like they buried him. Christian? Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm no, he it's gets... just like the way they talk to him. Because the one girl comes over and like it looked like they put something on his face, but I guess his eyes just closed. Oh, that guy just closed his eyes for him. The dude comes over and closes his eyes. At first, I thought he was dead. 
So yeah, that guy closes his eyes and then he opens them. And then that's when the girl explains that he's like paralyzed. Yeah, so they have him in this little wheelchair, and then they give. Uh, earlier, they showed people uh, gutting the bear. Right, the bear had been killed. The bear from the cage in the very beginning had been killed and was being gutted and hollowed out. Um, yeah, <laughs> the moment I saw that, I was like, "Oh, I know what's happening." And by now, Danny is in this like enormous uh, flower dress that is basically like she cannot move. It is she's surrounded she by flowers. It. It's just it looks weird. And there's like a trippy thing going on with some of the flowers on the crown, where the they look like they're breathing or like they have eyes or something opening well no they actually match up with her breath while she's breathing if you watch oh all right yeah like yeah but that's all that's part of the mushroom trip still i think well i think part of it is too is her kind of getting back in touch with nature because if you remember when she took the uh mushrooms in the very beginning the grass is growing through her exactly yeah and this i think is like a further like an extension of that so Basically, she gets given a choice. Um, they're going to put a whole bunch of people in a room and burn it, and that is the sacrifice of Midsummer. The volunteers brought by Pele and, and his one friend. And we're putting volunteers in like air quotes, but a lot of them are her dead pseudo-friends already, like Josh is in they there. They weren't volunteers. They were sacrifices that were brought. Those, no, those were clear. No. And, there was, and there was volunteers. There was two volunteers. Right. The volunteers who are told that if they lick the syrup of whatever tree, they're not going to feel any pain. That turns out That's to be bullshit. <laughs> And then there's a lottery for the last person slash because she won being May Queen, she gets to choose between the lottery person who I guess in this culture considers that like that's an honor and like that's a that's a good win. Mm -hmm. But that's not who she chooses. No, she chooses Christian because fuck that guy. Because he cheated on her and for like against every his own day. will. <laughs> No, I mean, she did not care about all the terrible boyfriend that he was. Like, even when he forgot her birthday and then pretended to give her a cake, she was like, ugh, whatever. Like, she wasn't upset. She was like, yeah. I think as she developed through the story, she had a greater realization about things. She was able to view things from a different perspective, a more objective perspective. Yeah, mushroom high. Because before, he could just talk her into thinking something he did was her fault and make her apologize. And I think her journey through there and like meeting other people that can at least you know, purport to like feel what she feels kind of let her take a little bit of a step back. So I think it, it, the I think her being tricked into thinking he cheated on her though, had a lot to do with it, which is weird because in this moment, all the things that have happened around you, I would immediately assume that this was some kind of like cult ritual thing with that too, because there's like, like 12 people in that room. Also, that's a weird way to have an affair. Be like, all right, I need you, 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 <laughs> and you to come watch or just tell me how good I'm doing. I need you to give me assistance if I slow down. <laughs> and I pick you to be the one. Again, that'd be a great life if you could just walk into somewhere and be like, I want all of you people to watch and congratulate me. I need you to be my assistant. We're going to make this happen. I don't think that would be good for me, but I understand how for some people that might be ideal. This would be fun. Some people like an audience. I don't know. I don't hate one. Anyhow. So... <laughs> Danny um, chooses, and I think one of the reasons it's so easy for her to like look past like the weirdness of this community is because she doesn't seem to belong anywhere, right? She keeps saying, I don't know why I'm here. And at some point it shifts and she's like, I feel good here. I feel like I belong here. Pele like directly tells her that yeah. when they're having that little bro out about, <laughs> I got dead parents too. You're an orphan. I'm an orphan. Let's be orphans together. And also I love you. And my friend who brought you here is a dick basically. <laughs> yeah. 
So she chooses to sacrifice Christian. He's going to get stuffed into this little bear suit. And he got to admit, he looks kind of adorable Sweet with his face bear sticking out of the bear. Like, I'd love to have a bear suit like that. Right? I wouldn't even wear it. I just want to keep it nice. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want all the gooey stuff that was inside on him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'd have just like a bear costume. <laughs> <laughs> they did not have time to like dry that thing out inside. Not that he could like. Oh, he was covered in the goop. Yep. Which didn't end up mattering because he then uh, burns alive. And it basically just ends with Danny sort of like trying to move, but she can't really move because she's in this giant dress. And well, she runs. Well, no, she like runs very slowly. And all the people there are like screaming to mimic the suffering of the people inside of the, the two uh, volunteers, the burning building. Yeah. Who, I don't know how nobody else hears them screaming and goes, damn, that tree sap didn't work. But um, <laughs> maybe we should get new tree sap. Well, that's why, maybe that's why they have it every 90 years, so that whoever heard the person screaming is already dead by the time the next Midsummer Festival happens. Or they've forgotten. Fair enough. So yeah, it looks like she's kind of horrified, but then she does this like weird smile thing at the end. Yeah, like it's like, oh shit, that shit was like legit. And then she's like, fuck, I'm kind of into this. <laughs> Which leaves us with a question at the end. What happens? Yeah, because she's not leaving either way. She's either she's either next or or a part of it. But I feel like because she she won the Mayflower thing, she wasn't meant to be a sacrifice. Like Pele did not pick her; he picked the dudes. Mm -hmm. They were all coming. They were all gonna die. That was planned. And then she was tacked on, and he was like, "Oh, sweet! This is gonna be this is gonna be cool." Because you're an orphan, I'm an orphan. You'll like it here. We'll be orphans together. Yeah, and like I guess he like kind of like had a thing for her too. Yeah, no, he definitely. I mean, I mean, he kissed her and told her that he loved her. Yeah, and that Christian didn't deserve her. So like, it's not like implied; it happened. So I think she stays. I think that's probably got to be like what the ending is. I think she stays too, and I think honestly, it's probably the best thing for her. And what is she going to go back to? She, she'd have to explain what happened to everyone anyway if she left. And this this way, everybody's missing. They have no idea where they went. And she doesn't have anyone to question about her, so it's like, fine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's a cult, and it's weird, and it's dangerous, and it's murderous, and it's creepy. But at the same time, yeah, I feel like that's the best place for her. Like, she was, <laughs> she was like, a part of that community. I, I, I feel like you're two steps away from joining a cult. Two steps away from starting a cult, man. Thank you for coming. My name is Kyle. That guy's name's Mike. You can find us on all places you find podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Bearded B-Roll, or you can email us with suggestions for new shows at BeardedBeerRoll at gmail.com. Goodbye. I told you, my intros and excellence when I do them are always weird. Sometimes they get fully cut.